0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss the life of an ad. Joining us is John Evans, who's the chief customer officer at System One, which is the leading advertising effectiveness agency. Through metrics and behavioral psychology, System One works with the world's biggest brands to predict how their advertising resonates and how it will land. Yesterday, John and I talked about why advertising wearout is actually a myth. And today, we're going to continue the conversation talking about diversity and ageism in advertising. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with John Evans, the Chief Customer Officer at System One. John, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Great to be here. Good to see you again. Excited to have you back on the show and excited to continue our conversation talking about the life of an ad. Yesterday, we talked about the duration, right? How long can you run an ad? And based on some of the data that you've pulled at System 1, it turns out you can go back to the well and you can rely on your best performers much longer than the average advertiser might have originally thought. I want to talk a little bit about targeting today and about understanding who the right ad is for the right person Before we pressed record, I told you a story about getting in a little trouble once with trying to do some gender targeting. I created a specific ad, one for female, one for males, and they were relatively the same ads. And you know what? The girls got mad at me for making an ad that was specifically targeting females. And then I had to show, hey, we did this same ad for men. and Guys probably just weren't paying attention or just don't get that upset about it. And I don't want to make anybody upset. But we think about ethnicity. We think about gender. There's diversity. There's ageism. There's all things that you need to try to consider in your advertising. It's really hard not to piss anybody off when you create an ad today. Talk to me about your philosophy, specifically diversity, ageism. How do we avoid stepping in it like I did? I love that story.
2: That's brilliant. Three years ago, I think now, a lot of advertisers were coming to us at System 1, asking us the question, how could they do diverse advertising without risking upsetting people? And also, one common question we got at System 1 is, if I represent a minority group, will I alienate a majority? That was their genuine concern now most marketers genuinely want to do the right thing so the moral case for having diverse and inclusive advertising is well known and everyone i've met wants to make advertising that reflects the society we live in so that wasn't the case but what we do at your system one that's unique is we're able to value the impact of creativity so with our star rating we talked about in the last episode we're able to predict the impact of advertising on a brand's market share So what we decided to do was take 30 diverse ads representing lots of different groups. And we wanted to understand what impact does representation have on the audience that are reflected. But really importantly, we also wanted to find out how does everyone else feel? Because that was one of the questions that we were trying to tackle. So how does diversity impact on those that are seen? And how does it impact on everybody else? So are people going to start complaining if they see people that are not like them in advertising and so on? Because What I always say to everybody is you mustn't do marketing by Twitter, because actually a lot of advertisers were responding to some comments that might have flared up on Twitter about their diverse ad and so on. And I really wanted to give the evidence for why diversity was the right thing to do, not just morally, but commercially. And secondly, the other thing I wanted to do, we're using our data is give people the tools to get it right. Because actually what I found was people were motivated to do it, but were just worried they might make a mistake and innocently get a backlash for misrepresenting people. So we did the testing and I have to say, it was really, really encouraging. We actually called the study Feeling Seen because what we discovered is when people feel seen in advertising, their emotional response to advertising goes up and they feel more happiness, that happiness is more intense, and it leads to an increased likelihood they might buy the product later, which is wonderful news for advertisers. Here's the absolute winner, Everybody else also feels good when they see other people represented. So it was a win-win. And what we found, we call it a diversity dividend. So we looked at the average score for all our advertising, which is 2.5 out of five on our five-star scale. And we actually saw that score go up for diverse advertising as a whole, but it went up even more for those that are represented. So it's a really, really powerful finding and one that I think should encourage everybody to lean into the conversation.
1: So help me here. Define diverse advertising. Is that the people that are in the advertisements come from diverse background? Is it that they're targeting diverse ethnicities and groups? What is diversity in advertising to you? So we were looking at the creative diversity. So what we looked
2: at is we looked at how black Americans might be represented or Asians, Hispanics, et cetera, et cetera. And older women, older men, so we're looking at age, we're looking at disability, so maybe people in wheelchairs, we're looking at LGBTQ+, and so on. And what we were looking at is advertising that represents those groups, that tells their story, that shows their culture, shows their experience, for example. And what we wanted to find out is how do they feel when they see a story that's about them, about their culture, about their community? And then how does everyone else feel maybe that don't have that experience? By the way, the study was done in the UK and then replicated last year in the US as well. So we've now got over 90 diverse ads in the UK and the US. And actually, we saw the same results everywhere. The diverse ads performed better overall for the national population, but also even better for those that represented. In fact, it was almost a whole star difference, which is quite meaningful.
1: You mentioned ethnicities, sexual orientation, gender. Talk to me a little bit about ageism. There's obviously a difference in the ads that we see in terms of who they are targeting. I hit a different inflection point in my life over the last five years. I had kids. I'm in my 40s. Now, all of a sudden, I feel like all the ads are targeting the kids. What is the way to include not only sort of horizontally all the different ethnicities, but also vertically the different age groups within those ethnicities?
2: It was interesting about our study is we looked at, as you said, ethnicity, sexuality, race, and so on. And in all those examples, we actually called the broader report feeling seen, because in every example, being portrayed and having your story told actually worked. There's one exception, age. So what we found is in our study, older people don't actually want to be seen in advertising, reflecting their kind of older, more mature lives. So we actually called the report for older people wise up, because actually what we found is it's not that they just want to see themselves in advertising. They don't want to see themselves in a stereotypical way. So what we learned, and really quite powerful this, is that if you're an older person, you still want to be seen having a sense of humor. You want to be in the lead role, not the support role. You don't want to be the person that's pitied. So you don't want to be on a cruise, retiring or needing help because you're getting older and so on. So what we found is Older people usually got a great sense of humour. They've lived through, they've got a longer life experience to draw on, there's more cultural references. They value friendships. They want to be seen as successful. They want to be on the right side of the joke, not the wrong side of the joke. So actually in the report, we came up with loads of kind of guidance to help older people. Older people are also, by the way, more cynical of advertising. They're also harder to impress. So you actually got to do more to try and impress older people, but the payoff is huge because they represent the majority of the kind of disposable income within the US economy and in the UK economy. So if you get it right, the payoff is not. One last thing I should say actually as well, I know this is obvious. When we say older people, most people either define it as over 50 or over 55. And there is an astonishing difference between a 50-year-old and let's say a 90-year-old in terms of their life and what's important to them. So when we say older people, we also have to understand that that can be half the population. So you need to tell stories authentically of people from the younger end as well as the older end. And one killer insight we got from both studies, the Feeling Scene study and the Wise Up study, is it's better to tell one person's story well than try and represent a group badly. And what we found time and again, the best advertising takes you behind the scenes of one person and shows them in a positive light and gives you like a window into their life sort of thing. As opposed to you know the kind of advert that, and we see this person, then we cut to another person, then there's this group. And it's almost like they try and tick every diversity box in one ad. That kind of advertising doesn't work. So you're much better off having a hero, following that hero through the story and giving people an insight into their
1: life. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutenex. I mean, I think the idea here is that you want to be representative of all groups and you want to portray people in the way that they want to be seen. Now, the problem is when you're putting together your advertising, you might be able to hire one, two, three actors, depending on what the ad is and the format. How do you decide who you're going to cast? How do you decide what the lead characters are in the story you're trying to tell when there's a hundred different diverse ethnic groups and there's five different age categories and you got to pick one person and you don't want to be a whitewashed ad? How do you choose? I'll tell you what, I'll almost back up a little bit from that
2: question because who's choosing? And this is a problem with the industry because the average age of many creatives in agencies that are making the work is less than 30. So there could be 50 years of life experience between the person deciding and the person being represented. So I suppose the point before the point you are just making is you need to have the people in the room who you're representing involved in the creative process so that it's authentic. So what we found in this, again, is whenever you're representing a group that you're not familiar with, it's important that your research that you do when you're developing the idea helps you create that authenticity. So when the advert is made, it feels authentic for that person. So I think I'd start there in getting that bit right. And then when you come to casting, it's more important to tell the story well than actually who it is. I'll give you an example. One of the ads I loved was a Nike ad where you had pregnant women exercising through childbirth. And the hero of the ad was a pregnant black woman. And she was staying fit as she was kind of going through childbirth. Not literally, by the way. This is just, you know, she's pregnant, right?
1: Not actually while she's giving the child, but while she is pregnant. I was going to say that
2: would be impressive. I mean, we have broken some barriers. That barrier is one we probably don't need to break. But anyway, it was a beautifully moving ad. And I remember I was watching it with the head of diversity and inclusion at ITV in the UK, Addie Rawcliffe, a black woman with three kids. And we watched it together and we both felt really emotional. A white guy, middle-aged, I felt the emotion because the story was well told. So in a way, what matters most is that it's authentic, that you tell the story well, and then actually the better job you do of that, everybody will respond and be drawn into it. And that also means casting brilliantly. So you're looking for somebody that can really bring that to life in terms of the idea. So weirdly, the answer to your question it's important to reflect different people in society, but when you get into the exactly who it is, it's better to tell the story well necessarily than you tick a box by casting somebody. Another good example actually, sorry to get on a roll here, is the Maltesers ad where there's a disabled woman and it's beautifully done because basically she's having a kind of, it's three girls, it's her and her two mates and they're having a joke about something and it's, it's, it's a bit of an innuendo joke. But the lovely thing about it is the disabled woman is the one that's telling the joke and she's the center of the camera and her able-bodied friends are like the, the support act. And it's a lovely role reversal. But so again, by putting diverse people front and center and by them controlling the conversation and being the hero, that's what makes that, that work in particular.
1: I can only speak about this from my perspective. So I'll go ahead and say it. White guy, middle-aged, privileged. United States of America. There's a lot of like who I am built into my perspective, having this conversation that makes me feel like I'm more of the problem than I am the solution. And what I'm hearing from John in this conversation is that it's not just enough to say, okay, I want diversity in my advertising. You actually have to say, I want diversity in my business. You have to have the bodies and the people in the room that understand who you're targeting, that come from a diverse perspective, that help you understand who is the most emblematic person or people or groups that you want to include in your advertising that best speaks to the population that you want to reach. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with John Evans, the Chief Customer Officer at System One. Join us again tomorrow when John and I wrap up our conversation talking about the ad science of right versus left brain. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about John, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Uncensored CMO. Or you could visit his company's website, which is systemonegroup.com. That's system, the number one, group.com. And also you could listen to John's podcast. It is the uncensored CMO podcast, wherever you find your podcasts.